0: You're listening to the Eyes on
1: Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes
2: on Isles podcast, episode number one ninety seven. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch
3: Anderson. Mitch, how's it going, buddy? Trying to do that neck thing here on the video, anyways. Um, fine. I'm fine. Uh, it was my birthday this weekend. I'm thirty seven years old now, and I feel every year of it.
2: That's not good. We, you should be like a, a thriving veteran, like. Uh, i don't know joe thornton
3: that'd be great my wife would kill me if i had that kind of beard uh but yeah that would be fantastic maybe i just need the proper destination maybe that's what okay. i need or something or other could be not the final one the proper one no I said.
2: proper yes no we don't not, not anything final please
3: no trees coming through my car windshield please.
2: <laughs> don't need that what's going on with you buddy So we have, uh, I I said it on the podcast for the post game uh, from yesterday, but the regular pod, it's breaking news for them. But I will be in attendance for game six and I am stoked. I am so ready to go. We're recording on a Tuesday instead of a Wednesday because game six is on Wednesday. So we'll have to have you covered for post game coverage tomorrow. So no time for a regular pod. We are getting it in a day early and I am Oh, I'm
3: so excited. I can't believe it. I'm so jealous. I see all the people going up to like, what, 9,000 people, they said? 9,000. Oh, that's going to be loud. It was loud at 6,200. Well, 68, I think it was what Mm. it was. Now you're going to add another 2,200 people? Oh,
2: boy. Yeah, oh, my God. So I can't wait for that. And uh, before we get into this episode, Mitch, uh, I think we have – a little sponsor to talk about no
3: yes of course we have some breaking news with uh, manscaped they are uh released they have released the lawnmower 4.0 uh which is available for purchase in usa and canada uh i'm not going to read off most of these talking points because it's kind of boring to hear uh but man i have one and i i love it i liked my 3.0 and then when they're like, "Hey, we got a four point oh four os going." What the heck did you possibly add to this thing? And it's, it's not a whole lot, but it's a whole lot that changes everything, right? It's a sleeker build, it's yes. a sleeker design. The battery charging—you don't have to connect the cables. There's no like weird, you know, like trying to fidget around with it. It just sits in a dock and it charges, and you're good to go. You can turn off the light if you don't want one. That was the big thing for me. The LED light was a huge selling like point. The LED. Uh, I do not turn it off, No, but uh, if you don't like it, you can now turn it off. I love this thing. If you want to try it, if you don't have one or you've been waiting to get one, go to manscaped.com and enter the code FANSIDED20 to get 20% off and free shipping worldwide. That's FANSIDED20, F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D-20 at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping.
2: There you go, and Father's Day is coming up too, so maybe you want to get something for him. I, I'm, I got the cologne right by my desk because I always, Ooh. that's the one that I flash on camera. So bang, right there. So if you're watching on the Patreon, there you go. Uh, I love it. So that's uh, Dad, and I hope you're not listening, but that's
3: what you're getting for Father's Day. <laughs> hey, all, all of these products are great Father's Day gifts. Um, they have the deodorant, the the ball deodorant. I think is what it is. Oh yeah uh came with the, the the 3.0. I love it. I use it all the time. All the time. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> it's fantastic. Just it's hey, like it's the downstairs area that not everyone wants to talk about, but it's it's not going away if you don't talk about it. So like might as well talk about it.
2: Exactly, and we have you covered. So, speaking of having you covered, we have you covered for Islanders coverage as well, and we have a series update for you. We have a bunch of storylines to get through as the Islanders have played three games since the last time that we spoke and a lot has changed in the series
3: since then yeah because like just from an overall perspective the Islanders lost the games that they probably maybe not should have won but had a better chance of winning and they won the game that they had no chance in winning or no, no they had no right in winning I should say
2: oh without a doubt without a doubt so The barn burner in game three was just absolutely bizarre. Uh, Every time the Islanders would answer back, the Penguins would come right back and and, and tie it. And that was such an outlier from what we're used to from this New York Islanders team. To me, that was my biggest takeaway from that one was just how they continued to let Pittsburgh get back in the game. And every time they clawed back, it was Pittsburgh jumped ahead. And, you, you know, you find yourself down early, you get yourself back into it, and then you just lose that momentum again. It was so frustrating.
3: Yeah, I think I I mixed three and four for some reason. I thought in my immediate head that they had lost both games. They clearly did not. Uh, Regardless, getting back to what you're saying, I I, I totally agree. But, But they've been doing that all year, specifically against the Penguins, against no one else. But the Penguins have had this ability to, whenever the Islanders make one little oopsie, back of the net. Every time. Failed uh, failed exit, back of the net. Mm-hmm. Icing, back of the net. Bad penalty, back of the net. Every single time. So the Islanders aren't able to build any sort of momentum against this team whatsoever because the second they slip up, that's it. They're done. They're toast. Because the uh, the Penguins have so much offensive firepower. They're waiting. They're waiting for those those mistakes. And they're trying to press you into those mistakes with their relentless, let me not forechecking, but transition game, I should say.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that was just the overall deflating feeling. I think that was the word we went with on the post game for game three was just deflating.
3: Yeah, because you're going like we had a good chance in that game. I'm not going to say we were necessarily the better team, uh, but we had a chance in that one. The Islanders played relatively well. They scored goals, uh, but they are. No, game three was a two. I nope, for, I already nope, forget nope, nope, the nope, scoreline. Nope,
2: nope, it was the five four. which one.
3: That's the one. My God. I don't know why, but like, games are going by quick here.
2: You're missing, you're mixing up two and three right now. That's all.
3: Yeah. That's, that's the mix up in my head. Um, either way, they score four goals. That should be enough. It was not. Um, the Islanders just needed a way to just, I, I lost for words because this, this team should not be losing games where they score four goals. And the only reason they did is because, like we mentioned, they just made a couple of mistakes at back of the net there, there's not there wasn't much to those mistakes yeah Varley maybe had a soft one here or there but like it wasn't that bad
2: no I think I ca- I went back and watched all five goals and I put two and a half on him because the other half was on Nick Letty
3: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah right he didn't pick up was it uh someone on the on the back he didn't notice was there doesn't matter it's a dumb penguin Carter, dumb I think bird. it was the Carter goal yeah, this Jeff Carter of course. Let, let's just give it to him. But you know, like the team needed to make some changes. Uh, they needed to be more impactful in the power play. Uh they needed to not give up some soft goals whether that's on Varlamov or not. Uh and they needed to be committed f- all, for the full 60 minutes. There's no switching off even for a second.
2: They did that in game 4, which was a much better performance from the Islanders as it, I, I'm I'm going to call it dominant because the only goal they allowed was in garbage time when it was already
3: 4-0. And they switched off, right? That was the only time the Islanders was was switching off. Oh, my God. The only time the Islanders had switched off in that game was when they got the power play. So they're up 4 nothing, right? They get a power play, what is it, 17 minutes into the into the third or whatever? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. They're thinking, we're done. It's over. We won this game. There's still enough time on the board for them to score a goal or two, but we, we've won it now with this power play. Uh, and so they don't play hard enough on that power play sure enough Pittsburgh comes back and so scores a shorthanded goal It doesn't change the outcome of the game like no one thought that oh my God they're gonna probably lose but it's just that that single second that that their the mental mistake for that one split second they felt they they're getting their chest all puffed up and boom it's in the back and just a quick reminder that you cannot let up for even a second
2: yeah, you can't. And that was, you know, they caught him sleeping in that spot, which stunk because they made the switch to Ilya Sorokin. We're going to get more into him in, this, in the second topic here on our show, but he, he he deserved a shutout in that game, and it was, I mean, it, it did hit him right in the glove, but still they shouldn't have been putting him in that situation to begin with.
3: No, you're right. Like, he got he got a glove on it, the bottom of the glove. If you get that much on it, you should have got all of it. Um it's unfortunate, but you're right. Like, don't do not do that. You're on the power play. Why is it even here? Why is the puck here if you're on the power play?
2: Yeah, they, um, it really shouldn't have been. It was just, like I said, it was a lapse. But other than that, you had a really good performance. And finally, they got in the Penguins' heads, which is something we've been talking— I think last week we were talking about how irritable Malkin was in that series a couple of years ago. And then finally, they get in his head. And I think he even took a penalty in Game 5, if I'm not mistaken, too
3: he did indeed he took the one but still the one after pierre and company had praised the high heavens that yeah that malcolm was back he scored it because he scored a power play goal oh, he's back he's here he's here to, we're all it's all good and takes a dumb penalty no thank, no thank, he's not
2: thank god i was not listening on that feed thank god we had msg
3: i wish i had the msg feed i don't know why i couldn't find it but either either way um so yeah, they they switch off for that one That one split second and they're down not down but they allowed the penguins a little bit of life you know not not enough to change the outcome of the game uh but but they're now tied 2-2 going into game 5 and, and game 5 was not like game 4 at all it was
2: bizarre that was one of the more weird islanders games i remember watching and you know ever in my fandom because i could not think of a time where they deserved to lose more somehow stayed in the game and then won a dramatic Overtime thriller that was phenomenal.
3: Yeah, think of was it Game Seven against the Capitals?
2: Yes, when they had like seven shots on goal or something
3: <laughs> yeah. crazy like that. That's the type of game they pitched, and in the, in that game, they were nowhere near winning. Like they 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 got punked by the Capitals. In this one, they stayed in it, and then they won the damn thing.
2: Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. So, I mean, Elias Rokum was the reason they won. That game, and again, we're gonna get more into him in the in the second topic here. But it just you know, get, giving you the update of where we are in the series for for right now, his performance. And yes, we know Josh Bailey had the overtime winner in double overtime, uh, which was awesome. But the Islanders skaters did practically nothing for two and a half periods.
3: Oh yeah, I would say even longer, but you're right. The point stands. Whether I I disagree, with the length doesn't doesn't change the idea that they they did nothing, right? They had 18 shots from the second period onwards. The Penguins had 20 in the second period alone.
2: Right, exactly, and thank God. Like Anthony Beauvillier's goal, I know we talked about it on the post game yesterday, but getting one at the end of the first period in a like they should have been down three nothing after the first period.
3: Oh, yeah, they were, they were getting blown out of, the, out of the place, out of the PPG Paints Arena. What a dumb <laughs> name. No disrespect to PPG Paints, but, like, it doesn't sound like a place where you play hockey. No, it doesn't.
2: And then somehow it got worse in period two, Mitch. They let up 20 shots and only generated four.
3: Yeah, they were really bad the entire way. And, uh, like, they, they had a couple of individual um, performances. Eli uh, you know, Sorokin, of course. Yeah. Uh, the goal. Jordan Eberle getting a goal, although, like, Kind of lucky, kind of not good setup by Leo. True. Uh, but outside of those few those few chances, the Islanders were, were going to lose this game and lose this game heavy.
2: No, but they were they capitalized on the Penguins' mistakes, which is something that they did in
3: Game 4. Yeah, the only difference between when the uh, the Penguins do it and the Islanders do it, it's just that the Islanders, you don't see it coming. Whereas the Penguins, you can kind of see the momentum shifting and then the Islanders are like, oh, God, I have to move the puck quickly picture Scott Mayfield because it's usually him I have to move the puck quickly oh my god I throw it up the gut intercept it back in the net whereas when the Islanders do it it's just kind of like oh we're gonna play and then boom it's in the back you're going where the hell did that come from completely out of the not on the run of play whatsoever Leo Komarov does a cross slot pass and now it's tied you're like how is this possible literally
2: all three of the goals from game five came out of nowhere Bo I forgot who he undressed Gensel Gensel Good. That little rat bastard. He, I, he's been so <laughs> annoying in this series. I can't stand Gensel in this series. So he, he undressed him, but just, I mean, were you expecting that in the final minute? I for sure as hell wasn't.
3: No, not with the way that they did playing. No, absolutely. It came against the run of play.
2: Leo Komarov throwing that feed for Jordan Eberle. Did not expect that one coming either. No, and then on the third one,
3: it's Leo Komarov,
2: right? A top line winger, by the way, and, and then sorry. on the th- <laughs> and then on the third one, you had Yari not only one <laughs> panicking and making a bad pass, but then also once he made that that pass was going, oh bleep, now what? And Josh Bailey was like, oh okay, I'm just gonna go up high, and you're just not gonna move fast <laughs> enough. Like I don't understand. <laughs> Lol,
3: lulls, high yeah. glove.
2: So uh, all three of the Islanders' goals were, like you said, ca- just came out of the blue. I think that was a perfect analogy for it, honestly.
3: And and that's the only problem, because that ne- that isn't necessarily um, sustainable. No. You're not going to go into game six going like, great, can't wait for Tristan Yari to shoot the puck down the ice, up, up the gut, sorry, with no one on it. Can't wait.
2: But... Do you put any stock into it being going home to the Nassau Coliseum with an increased capacity and a chance to like close out? A... That that makes a difference, right? Oh, absolutely! If
3: they don't get up for this game, there's something pro- there's a problem with them emotionally and mentally, and I don't think there is. I I'm sure they will get up for this because there's going to be nine thousand screaming lunatics and they're telling them to.
2: If the first 30 seconds of the game isn't the fourth line throwing their body around for 30 seconds like madmen while the building is rocking, I, I don't... Like, I, I could I could probably show up at 19.30 because I know what the first 30 seconds of the game is going to be.
1: Yeah.
3: It, it should, yeah. Ugh. That's going to be such a big game because you're right. They have the ability to close this one out and then you, you have to set the tone early. It's yes. an elimination game at home, increased capacity. Like, this is the most... And it's the last, the last run of the Coliseum as well, right? Like, of yeah. course, if they win this game, um, everything is good. But if they lose this game, this could very well be the last game at the Coliseum.
2: Yeah, there, there's a lot riding on this game for a lot of reasons. So you're right. If they can't get up for this game, I, I don't, I don't know if they ever could.
3: No, and so I'm sure they will because there's nothing to suggest they won't. Like, yeah, you can look at maybe game three and say like, well, they didn't there uh they they rectified that in game four um but they've been great at home all year so th- that alone really gives me reason to believe that they'll be perfectly fine in game six and they they can easily if they play their their the way they want to play or should play they can close this game out tomorrow and and it's, and end the series
2: yeah, absolutely. But they the thing is, they put themselves in a position where they won a couple of games on the road. Now they have the home ice advantage once again, going back to their building in front of an increased capacity. And like you said, they have a chance to close it out. And, you know, that's right where they
3: want to be. And like they, they dealt some significant emotion, maybe not emotion, but confidence like mm. damage to the Pittsburgh Penguins confidence after the last game. And I'm sure there isn't going to be a single Pittsburgh Penguin that's going to say that, but they have to be thinking at least to a degree going like we put 50 shots up on them. 50 to 28 was it I think yep, for exactly. the Islanders? And they still beat us. We can only get two goals on them. Um the first I I I forget what they were. Oh yeah, the, the you got the shot from uh rust and then the first goal was Malkin on the power play it was the power play right so like not a whole lot going we did everything to get multiple goals we carved out a bunch of chances i think the expected goals for five on five was 2.85 they should have scored three just at five on five not counting what malkin did on the power play so think four goals is what they should have been able to put up that that night they did two one on at five on five we do all that and have nothing to show for it. What the hell do we have to do to beat this kid?
2: Yeah, it, it, it is demoralizing. Absolutely. Because you they played well for the most part outside of a couple like instant mistakes, which is what happened to the Islanders earlier in, in the year in the regular season against them. And they, they are now in a very tough spot. I mean, if you look at it from the, the shoe on the other foot, they now have to go on the road. And win a game in a, a crazy building with a ton of emotion, a ton of intensity. It's not going to be an easy task.
3: It really isn't. It's an uphill battle for them, and it's it's made significantly easier for the Islanders. They, that doesn't mean they can just show up and, and, and probably win. They still need to play a basically perfect game to to do so, because the Penguins are a very good team. Of so course. There's still cause for concern here. Uh, because it's the Penguins, but the Islanders have a number of advantages on their side that should make the job a little bit easier for them.
2: Absolutely. So with that, should we talk about one of those advantages who's been playing out of his mind for three of these games?
3: Yes, because we have a lot to to discuss about him specifically.
2: Our Russian prince, Ilya Sorokin, has been downright phenomenal in this series, Mitch. In three starts, he has a 951 save percentage and a 1.66 goals against average.
3: Those are better than KHL numbers. Yeah,
2: uh, I think it translated
3: <laughs> right. I think I, I don't have them in front. Of, I let's bring them up because I, I, I don't, don't remember me- his exact record. I think it's fifty and seventeen. His exact uh, record in in the playoffs, but his stats when it comes to that are his nine forty and a one thirty seven. Jesus, right? And, and that's that's about where he is. Well, maybe not the goals against it's a little bit higher. Uh, but but it has only been three games, so like it's not the sixty seven he had all, before that. But it, it, he he's able to perform when the light is bright, and it, that wasn't the case at the start of the season, right? Like remember his first game stepped in against the Rangers, I believe it was even at the Coliseum, uh, and he did not play well at all.
2: No, it was at MSG, but he did he didn't play well. Right. It was the second game of the year. He he had to come in because Cal Clutterbuck shot up high on Semyon Varlamov and it was rough. But think of where he started, and people were ready to throw the B-word around, Mitch, after three games, to him potentially saving the Islanders' season with performances in game four and five.
3: Yeah, you're right. Like There are a lot of people like, I thought this guy was going to be good. What a bust. And then you're going, all right, well, okay, fair. He hasn't been playing well this his first three games. You're, you're, you have cause for, maybe not concern, but, like, uh, worry. He turned that around, like, oh, just just let me get my feet wet. Just just give me some time is basically what he was saying. Minutichka, minutichka is what he was saying in Russian, I'm sure. And that minutichka came, uh, came by during the season, and, my God, he is everything as advertised, and I, I can't wait. He's 25, but uh, he's still got at least five, six years of, of peak performance for the Islanders.
2: I would tend to think so, and that's what they were talking about on the broadcast in this game last night is, yes, it's nice to have Simeon Varlamov, and he's been great for the Islanders this year without a doubt, but he's not the the future long-term goalie of this team. Sorokin is, and getting him this experience and him thriving in this experience is absolutely huge for this team.
3: So how about we break down what we're talking about with him in two ways, just to make it easier on my head. Sure. Uh, let's talk about his performance in the series. And then maybe talk about what this means going forward for him and, and the team. Sure. So like in, in the series, we already know his stats. I just confirmed online it is 15 and 17 at, at the KHL level at 940 and 137 for shutouts, I believe. That can't be right. No, shutouts 16. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 16 shutouts. These are KHL numbers, right? So we looked at those before he came over, and you say, like, all right, well, that, that's really good. Can he do the same? And as you read off in the playoffs, so far so good one sixty seven nine fifty one incredible.
2: Yeah, it's been it's been unbelievable from him, and that's that's the thing. The Ionders have the luxury of having two goalies that they really you know believe in. Uh, Varlamov, you know, as we said, deserved to get the start in Game Three after a good performance in Game Two, but after struggling in Game Three, Trot said, "Okay, I have another goalie I can go to," and uh, he's been very very good since.
3: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I. <laughs> choking on oh air. Oh my god. I don't know how you do that, but I breathed in and uh, my body wasn't ready for it, even though my body was telling my body I want to breathe. Either way, um yes, Trotz made the right call of putting uh Simeon Varlamov in for game two. Everyone can play revisionist history if they want. Say so like, well look, he see Sorokin was ready. There's a full season of Simeon Varlamov putting up Vesin in numbers. Don't come at me and say like he should have put he should have kept Sorokin in. You have no idea. No. Game three game two wasn't great but it was good enough to continue playing in game three game three was not you have to make the change at that point that's fine I, I still would have kept uh, Var- Varley in and, and that's on me I can live with that if you don't like that take that's perfectly fine I accept that you don't like it uh, but it, the right call was made Sorokin came in and he turned everything around good job by him Um, but the way that he's playing and and making this work the system does a lot but this 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 is not only on the system, right? Like game five is really the 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 what what makes that very visible is just his ability to cut the bottom of the net is unparalleled. that there's no one else in the NHL who can do it as well as he can.
2: No, his bottom half is truly something. Just the ability to move as quick as he does from side to side. And like you said, the the groins, uh, when he gets down so quickly, it, it's just, I can't even fathom doing that with my body.
3: I the, the one play that sticks out for me is Sidney Crosby coming out from the right side and across the slot or across the crease to try to poke something in on the left side. And he followed him the entire way. That, in the butterfly. He wasn't stand up, right? He was in the butterfly, you know, shimmying over across his crease and just kind of like, go, go, shoot, I dare you. And then Crosby had nothing. This is Sidney Crosby we're talking about. It's not, with all due respect, Cal Clutterbuck. This is Sidney Crosby, the best player in the league, maybe not second best player in the league. That's incredible. And he he made it look like he was Cal Clutterbuck, which is ridiculous.
2: Yeah, it's it's truly remarkable what he has been able to do in his first year here. And maybe, you know, he only gets better. That's what I would imagine with the more experience, but what we were excited about all along, even early on when he was quote unquote struggling was the traits and the flashes that we've seen. And now we're seeing him put it together, put it together and put it together more consistently, which is the, you know, part that I owners fans are, you know, so thrilled about.
3: Yeah. Cause he's like, I said, he's 25. Uh, did he just turn 25 was his birthday here? August 4th. He'll turn twenty sixth in August. He'll turn okay. 26, not sixth. Um, but he's going to be around for a while. So what does that mean with these performance, these, these performances? What does that mean going forward for the Islanders and specifically Simeon Varlamov?
2: Yeah, I would imagine that it, it makes Simeon Varlamov a little bit more expendable, no? Like, does he, does he
3: just push him out the door after these last two games?
2: It depends on what happens the rest of the way. If he goes out and has a clunker and then they need to go to Varlamov in Game 7, then we're right back to where we
3: started. But that's the thing. Are we? If he's gonna have one bad game in the playoffs after three good ones, are we gonna be like, Bah, we gotta keep Varley for another couple of years," or or do do you look at this with the rest of the season? Go like, I I don't think we need that Varley guy anymore. Let's let's start calling some teams who need goalies. Edmonton, what's up? What do you, what do you what do you want to give away, please? And like, if we can offload him and five million dollars, woo, that'd be nice. Right, that that helps a whole lot. I
2: I would I I would highly consider. Do, well, let's say worst case scenario happens: the Islanders lose the next two games, and let's say Game Six is a clunker from Sorokin, and then they just go back to Varlamov for Game Seven. Sorokin has no no impact. Varlamov is okay, not like a like a nine ten say percentage. Let's say, does that where are you at at that point then?
3: I I have not changed. Okay. My opinion has not changed at all. Even if he has one bad game, he being Sorokin, my opinion doesn't change. If they, let's say, he has a bad game, they still win and somehow get into the next round and still has a bad series, I still don't think I've changed my opinion because to me, the talent the talent is clear. Class, the class of player that he is, he could be, he's, I'm not saying he is an elite level goalie, but he's got the talent to be one uh, and he, he he's not going to get better Necessarily than, than what we're seeing in terms of like his talent level, uh, what what he will do is be able to string those together and sustain that more uh, longer through a longer stretch of games. So over the next five years, we can probably see a guy average nine twenty 920 to nine twenty five over those five years.
2: Oh, absolutely! In this system, they could pull somebody off the street and have him be a nine twenty goalie. <laughs>
3: Apparently, right?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I think about it. every single one. Uh, Varlamov, Sorokin Varlamov and Grice Uh, Grice and Robin Leonard that's six goal. not six but you know what I'm saying, it's a lot of goalies over three years that they've been able to get in there and get high quality production from.
3: Who are coming off bad years, right, when Robin Leonard and Thomas Grice, Mm -hmm. they had a terrible year both of them individually outside of the Islanders and they come in, well kind of Robin Leonard does, 930 goalie 920 something for, for Grice the next year wasn't so great for Grice, but it was fine for Varley, specifically in the first half. Right, nine twenty goalie in the first half, and then Adam Pellet goes down, and so does his season.
2: Mm-hmm. But
3: then this this year, same thing, nine thirty goalie. Look out! The, the, the system works right, as as well as the the coaching instructions. And now you add those two factors: the coaching, uh, both at the you know the skater level and the goalie level, and then the system in place. And then you're adding the talent of Elise Sorokin to that. Look out!
2: That's that's just it because if you look at the other goalies we mentioned, I love each one of Varlamov, Grice, Leonard, love them all, think they're great, but talent wise they are not in the same stratosphere as what Ilya Sorokin's talent is. Exactly. Uh, which is what could be the
3: difference in all of this. And to me that, that makes Simeon Varlamov expendable ASAP. If you can give Simeon Varlamov off to a team look, he's got two years left. He has a full no trade, which really sucks. Um. although in 2021 that becomes a modified no trade with a 16 team no trade list so half of the league is still available for him as of next season Um. why not right like if you can move this uh, save yourself five million dollars on the cap six million dollars in terms of salary because his base salary is going to be six million dollars next year why the hell not
2: do you think you'd want to go to Edmonton
3: I don't think so no <laughs> no
2: no way <laughs> where else okay so Edmonton seems like the obvious one are there any other I know I'm putting you on the spot but are there any other places where you'd be
3: like okay that could make sense for a goalie at at that cost San Jose okay right you're talking west coast nice weather um players love going there they're not in in win now mode but they're they're gonna be getting a, a nice pick this year uh do they have cap space I'm not entirely sure they have $79 $79 million in terms of cap hit this year, but next year, as far as that goes, where they, they got $11 million in projected cap space next year, and th- they need a goalie. Like They got Martin Jones signed to a contract right now, and that's it.
2: Yeah, how much longer can Martin Jones do it?
3: And, and that's just it. They, they've got goalies in the system. I don't know how good any of their goalies are, like Alexey Mel- Melnichuk and Zachary Emo. I don't know how, how good any of these guys are, uh, but if they're looking for a a a guy who can stop pucks at a 920 save percentage and maybe make them a little bit more respectable, he's the one. Okay, I,
2: I'm not opposed to that. I'm apprehensive to come out and say that right away, just because we've seen Lou and Barry be so slow with some of their prospects. But pause. He is older. He's going to be 26. So yeah, that could th- make a difference. I think
3: he could be the starter next year for sure. I hope so. Uh, that'd be fun. I'd like it. Yeah. but The only problem here is we don't really have another guy to step in if Varley goes, right? Sure, we have Sorokin to take the mantle, but, like, who's the backup?
2: I don't know. Sign a free agent for 900 grand and call it a day.
3: Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get 915, 916 from him anyways. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, there you go. Anything else on Sorokin's performance?
3: No, I think we gushed enough about him and everyone else is probably at the same point we are. I guess one one thing, one final thing, he's at the end of his contract. What is what does he get?
2: What was it this past year?
3: Two million. That's gonna be at least three.
1: I think it's gonna be
3: four. It's gonna be it's probably four to five. Yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, Sign me up for four and a half. Okay,
3: all right. I like you splitting the difference. Love it.
2: Yeah, four and a half, and then like I said, backup goalie for a million or less.
3: Perfect. Let's go. And if you move Varley, we've already saved five hundred thousand dollars. Look at us making money for the team. Mm. Out here doing business.
2: Uh, I have I have some questions for you on down on the farm, Mitch. Okay, which, please. Uh, when you get into um, as the number one, Ruslan Iskukov guy. What 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 happened there?
3: I don't know if I'm the, the number one. Chris Howard probably has a, 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 <laughs> a good competition against me for that one. Yeah, that surprised me. It really did. I was just like checking my phone randomly on Sunday, I think it was. And then someone messaged me saying like, hey, have you seen the news about the reports about Ruslan Iskakov signing with another European squad? And I was going, "How? Uh, what? <laughs> no, I have not seen that at all. And so I get on the tippy-tappy box. And then sure enough, I find out he signed a one-year contract with Alder Mannheim of the Deutsche Ice Hockey League it's the German elite league call it, just call it that like their top tier hockey league. Is it a good league? What, what is your, what is your barometer for good? What do you mean by good?
2: <laughs> is it a step up from where he was? No. Okay. So this makes zero sense
3: to me. That That's where I was at as well. So PS, I confirmed with Rushlin. I called him well, I didn't call him, but I, I texted him and uh, he's super excited to go. Um, we didn't get into talking about like why he went there and not with the Islanders. I, I will try to get there at some point. Um, I'll have to go through the agent first. I'm pretty sure. But, um, e- either way he wants to be in the, He wants to be in the NHL. This isn't about not wanting to come here. If anyone has to say anything about that, forget it, drop it. It's not that, um, but going to Aldermanheim seems weird, right? Cause this, this is a step below Liga, but this is a good squad and it's a squad that develops players. Like, they're, they've poured a ton, a ton of money into the developmental side of the game and churning out players. Like, the, the German national team is, is not fed by just them specifically, but their biggest stars come through Mannheim. Okay. So guys like Dreisaitl, Stützler, Morris Sider all of them have gone through Mannheim.
2: That, that, that makes me feel a little bit better. Just because, you know, off the top of your head, you go, okay, from Liga to there, that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense, especially because last week we were talking about how it seemed like a move over to the AHL would make a ton of sense. I don't know. It just seemed to come out of the blue and caught me off guard for sure.
3: One, I'm in the same boat. Totally caught me off guard. I was dead set on him coming to the AHL and made no sense other than not to sign him. It still makes no sense to me. Like. They're putting a lot of a lot of attention on Simon Holmstrom, and rightfully so. He's a first round pick, but it's not going that quickly, right? He just turned twenty today or yesterday, I think it was. I don't know. Either way, uh, they I brought him so. in ASAP, right, to get him under their wing and just try to like groom him as quickly as possible. Why not do that with Russian? This cook-off? Why not? Because he wasn't a first round pick, I guess. Like he was at UConn, so they they he was close, right? Like Connecticut is really is really close, right? Bridgeport is right there. Um, but still, when he went pro, it kind of caught them off guard uh, a little bit. I don't think anyone was ready for it. But he had he had decisions to make, and I I don't think he wanted to stay down the college route simply because of you know you just don't play that many games. Mm-hmm. Um, now he'll get to play as many games. We saw him play fifty four this year. He'll play another fifty something here with with Mannheim. Um. But I I still think that they should have brought him in and groomed him to be the the next the next offensive player for them. But I I'm not sure why they weren't able to do so or why they didn't. Because to me, it seems like they're going to have the space to do so in Bridgeport. And maybe I'm not considering something here, uh, but he seems like the perfect type of player to bring in.
2: Yeah, you would think so, uh, based on you know everything you've updated us on all year long with his updates, it it seemed like things were going really well in Liga. So that just seemed like the natural next step. I guess my next thing for you is just if, is there any chance of, let's say he goes over there and and plays a little bit, can they sign him and bring him over like mid season? Or is he just, more likely to stay over there for the whole thing
3: they could there's a transfer agreement in place uh between the the DL and the NHL they would have to sign him so they they would have to do kind of like Robin Salah, right like we're gonna sign Russian Iskakov to a contract and loan him back to you guys um but because he's got a contract with them I would imagine Lou just lets him honor it and plays out the end of it there maybe bring him over depending on when the, uh, the DEL season ends. But Mannheim is a good team, so they're likely to go to the playoffs. They went this year, so they're going to have a longer-ish season uh, than any normal uh, German team. Gotcha.
2: Okay, that one just really caught me by surprise, so I, was, I wanted to find out a little bit more. Sorry to hijack your segment.
3: No, please, I prefer that. I, I, I'm much, much more because pro- I don't really have a whole lot. There's not really anything going on. This was the big news uh, of the day. It is Ruslan Nishikov signing for Alder Mayhem, Mayhem, Mannheim? Jesus. Um, I, I'm still caught off guard by it. I'm excited for him, because I think he's going to do very well there. Like, very, very well. Yeah,
2: I, if he puts up big numbers again, that that's a great sign for him, especially because, like you said, that they've had the track record of developing players, so that would be a really good sign in yeah, my book.
3: They have really good coaching, and where he was had really good coaching as well. So, um, and he's played everywhere, so this is just kind of showing his adaptability, right? He's played in North America, did well. Played in Finland, did well. Played in Slovakia when he was a kid, did very well. Um, if I could bring up the numbers here. Uh, I think it was like a hundred points in like sixty some odd games. Okay. Uh, wow. It, it was insane. Uh, maybe I don't. Don't call me out the number of games. I'm going to bring it up here if uh, Elite Prospect will cooperate with me. Uh, yeah, yes. So in Slovakia, he had a hundred and four points in forty four games at the wow. U18 level. Okay. So scored forty two goals and sixty two <laughs> points, uh, sixty two assists.
2: Not not too shabby.
3: Yeah, so I would expect him to do well here yet again and put up numbers yet again. And that's just going to grow his confidence and really just show his adaptability as a player. And that should translate when he does eventually, I assume, come over at the end of the uh, for the 22-23 season. I hope so. That'd be nice. Right, like as a more, a more mature player, he'll be 21 in July. So he'll be 22 by that time. He, he's not going to be crazy old, but, you know, Robin Sella type of territory. Uh, and I think he could do very well. And, and maybe he plays at the AHL for a bit, uh, but he, he could be something. He could really be something.
2: You think he's an NHLer?
3: <sighs> he, I, he's borderline right now. If he does make it to the NHL based on how I see him, he's going to be like a middle six type of guy. At, at best, um, a second liner. And, and that's really second liner on a bad team type of thing. But if he does well here, I, I think that's going to boost his stock a bit.
2: Okay. All right. Cool. Did you have anything else on anybody?
3: Nope. There's nothing else really going on in terms of prospects. That that's the main thing. Um, yeah. So good on good on Rushland. He's excited to go. I'm excited to see. So we're gonna start watching some German hockey now. Let's go.
2: How about quiz time? You got anything for me there?
3: Yes, I do. It is episode 197 of the Eyes on Isles podcast. And like we do every week, I have a quiz for you, Matt, with a mystery New York Islander. You have five clues to guess who he is. They get progressively easier as we go. Are you ready? Let's do it. Um, I'm one of only two players to have 197 shots on goal in one season ever for the Islanders. Mike (laughs) Bossy. Incorrect. No. Uh, Two. That year was my rookie year with the Islanders. Ziggy Poffy? Incorrect. Three, I came out of nowhere based on where I was drafted.
2: Nowhere based on where he was drafted? (laughs) Anders Lee?
3: Correct, good job.
2: (laughs) Oh, okay.
3: Yes, Anders Lee had 197 shots on goal for the Islanders in the 14-15 season. Uh, for some reason, I didn't actually have five clues. I, I started writing my first one. I didn't realize I didn't finish it, so I just kind of skipped. Uh, but number five would have just been loyalty.
2: Oh, I would have gotten it there, I think.
3: Yeah, I, I think it would have gotten it there. So good job by you getting it in three. Oh, I love it.
2: There, and I threw out guesses on each one too
3: you did and good guesses right like Bossy okay a lot of shots Pufy good job I forget who the other one was I think it was Wayne Merrick I could be wrong though like I think I'm just tossing a name out there right now okay just a name that I remember when I was going through the list but like Anders Lee's is one out. of them
2: there we go. I Love Anders. I miss him dearly. I would love for him to be playing in this series.
3: That would be fantastic. I, I don't think the series would be going as far as it is if he was here. Ooh, hot take, but I love it.
2: Yeah. Social segment. We're gonna get into what's going around on Isle's Twitter. Mitch, what do you
3: got for us this week? Uh first one here comes from Rob. Everyone knows Rob Top. Uh Josh Bailey wife Josh Bailey's wife, Megan, reaction to his winner is everything. Uh, the thing for me, so she's at Borelli's here, uh, hanging out with uh, what seems like the Islanders' wives and girlfriends, and 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 you know the, the Borelli's. Anyways, uh, she comes in after he scores the OT goal and starts singing the song. Yes, I love it. That reaction was unbelievable, and she knew the lyrics to the song. That's great. Right, and he's like, right, he said something the other day, like, oh, I have no idea what, what, what song are you talking about? Come on. Dude, Don't on. tell me they're not singing that when you get in the dressing room every time you score. And if they aren't, that is a missed opportunity.
2: Yeah, come on. I, have you ever been in a locker room? Of course they are.
3: They, they have to be. They, they have to be. He knows the words is better than we do. I'm sure of it. Oh, of course. But I,
2: I, I had that one too. I absolutely... That was a great video. One, just the reaction for the goal. Sydney Sidney and Martin jumping right in and giving them a hug. And then you just hear the screaming. And then uh, Josh was Megan. Yes. Is her name? I think. Yeah. Megan hops in uh, and gets in on the fun too. That was awesome. What is yours?
3: What is your first one?
2: Mine comes from game three. No, game four, excuse me. And it is my New York jets hanging out at the Islanders game. And uh, one Zach Wilson in the building. Love it. <laughs> Number two, Dan Dan Feeney just chugging beers, having a good time.
3: Love to see it. And look, looking every bit of it, I forget what broadcast it was. I believe it was the NBC one. Going like, isn't that um, Southbound and Down? <laughs> yes, <laughs> looks every bit like it with the, the the mullet. The that is an epic mullet and an epic mustache.
2: I wish he was good. Like oh. he's like he's just like a, he's a backup level. Player, like if he's starting, that's a, that's very problematic. Um, but he just look. I want to be friends with him. That's so, what I said. I don't want him blocking for me, but I want to be his friend.
3: Is he the Leo Komarov of the Jets? Like really good glue guy. Yes. Not a guy you really want out there necessarily, but like he can get the job done if you need to.
2: I guess so. They just signed him in free agency, so he hasn't actually like ever oh. played a game for them. But I I would assume that's kind of going to be the role
3: it sure looked like it from the video that i saw that he's the glue guy and if and good thing that zach wilson is sticking by him because zach wilson seems to be like he's got no personality at all we got to get listen mormon from utah we got to loosen him up a little bit he'll be okay he he needs to loosen up quick (laughs) oh my god he looks so awkward there happens uh my second one here is from bathtub jake at bathtub jake uh, Tristan Yari was feeling generous last night, and it's a picture here. It's a, it's a meme. It says pucks in the pen zone, and then Tristan Yari in double overtime, and it's a, a options for, I believe this is Call of Duty, where it says resume game, restart match, find online match, options, leave match, and then change team selected. <laughs> the way he played the puck to Josh Bailey is going like, did you think he was wearing yellow, or did you not see him because he's wearing ice and the ice is white? Is, is that it? Cause that's me. That's bad.
2: Not good. Yeah, I, I still don't know what he saw or what made him throw that puck out there, but I
3: am glad that he did. Yeah, <laughs> great. Josh Bailey is also very glad.
2: Absolutely. My next one comes from the Islanders Twitter account, and it's from this morning, and it says, Good morning, Isles fans. Remember, no screaming today. Have warm tea with honey. Don't wash your lucky shirt. And bring the noise and get ready for tomorrow night. And I, I think that was just perfect because I I... I and everyone who is going needs to rest up, keep it calm. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna keep the talking to a bare minimum during my workday that I am leaving early from so that I can get to the barn and get a good parking spot and just hang for a little bit.
3: I, oh, just the tailgate alone. I'm so jealous. I'm oh, sorry, the, the not tailgate. Oh, we're not. Ta- no, 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 no. No one's tailgating. No, the, no one no, is no. absolutely tailgating. Right, so I'm not jealous of the non tailgating.
2: <laughs> yeah. Wink.
3: Uh, my last one here from comes or not last one before last one comes from Brittany. Apples cider. Uh, good morning to you to all you Mayfield haters. Mayfield sitting with a plus six right now As a team lead. Uh, also has oh. what is it four points in five games. Good for Scotty having uh, quite the turnaround. Still didn't look great in game five, but then again, no one did. So I'm not going to put that one on Scott Mayfield. That would be dumb. But he has looked great, and, and I hope this stays. Does that, to you, does that mean that he is now indispensable? You cannot, lead, like, expose this guy? No.
2: No. That's not that's not my feeling. I, I, I still look at him. I think he's in over his head on the second pair, but I think he is a fine, like, a, actually more than fine, like a, a very good third pair of guy
3: you've got a friend in me because i feel the same way
2: okay perfect
3: yeah he's a third pair of guy give him give him a rookie to play with and i think that'll be great
2: yeah put him with uh i don't know
3: who's or Sallow.
2: yeah pick one out of a hat
3: there you go there you go done
2: <laughs> my last one comes from arthur staple and it's from may 23rd and it says caps have won five playoff games in three postseason since winning the cup Isles have a chance to win their fourth playoff series in three postseasons, and it's a picture of Barry Trotz just smiling ear to ear.
3: I love that. Oh, that is peak staple. I love it. Uh, man, the Capitals, God, they got to feel dumb right now.
2: <laughs> that sucks. And, and back up a second. I love LaViolette. I think he's a really good coach, but you had this guy in your building, and you were like, let's give you a $300,000 raise and bump you up to $1.8 million. When you had at Mike Babcock at the time was making what Six million? Six, I think yeah something like something, maybe even eight I I was th- five and seven were sticking out so I stuck with the middle but <laughs> eight would not have surprised me um, but like that's the thing you had all these coaches who are making you know four five six whatever million dollars a year and Barry, it's like oh you won the Stanley Cup here's an extra three hundred grand and you're still going to be under two million I I don't understand I mean I do understand rather why Barry wanted out.
3: Oh, for sure! Like you're you're not going to pay me uh my proper rate, deal. Uh, I'm gone. <laughs> See you later. I don't need to stay here, at all. Um, but uh, I'm I'm trying to find that Mike Bagpock one because I thought it was it was actually eight, but I, I can't find. There it is. Mike Bag six two five. Okay, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Yeah, six two five for eight years. There is the eight.
2: Oh, okay. Wow, that's
3: wrong. That's rough. He did not make it. He made it over halfway.
2: Yeah, it was four and a half, no?
3: Yeah, he he was fired November 20th, 2019. And he was his contract ran up until the 2023 season. 22-23 season, sorry.
2: Well, he, he dug his own
3: grave. He very much did. Uh, my last one here is not Islanders related. Uh, it's uh-huh. NBA on TNT. As we know, TNT will be getting uh, the um, NHL rights next year. And this tweet is from just today. And it's Chuck fell asleep during the game and you can see him. It's a camera and he's just like sleeping and you can see Shaq at the corner. Like (laughs) he's sleeping. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I think that's what Wayne Gretzky is going to do for their broadcast.
2: Okay. You think he's going to be like the personality?
3: Oh no. I mean, he's going to put people to sleep. Oh, he has, he's as energetic as a white piece of paper. Okay.
2: I, I was thinking the complete opposite. So you call me off guard.
3: I want to be deadly wrong here, but whenever I've seen Wayne Gretzky in interview, he's not a guy that where I'm going like, get a camera in front of this guy 24/7, please and thank you. I'm sure he has great stories. He's a great one after all. But he's not what you would call a TV personality in my books. All of this is doing, which is fine, is you're, you're putting Wayne Gretzky on TV, and, and that alone is going to bring people because they want to see the great one's face, but he's not Charles Barkley or Shaquille O'Neal in terms of what they bring as an on-air personality.
2: Yeah, one personality. They have the knowledge, which obviously Gretzky does with the with his sport, but the personality of, of Shaq and, uh, oh my God, who's the other one? I just, Charles just Barkley. Said, Charles Barkley, yeah, Charles Barkley. It, it's unmatched, so it's not going to be the same. Who would be the NHL version of that?
3: i, I really like what kevin bx is doing i, I love okay. what kevin bx is doing over at on, on sportsnet
2: okay my first thought obviously i own there's bias but i went dp because his personality is electric too but yeah, not a big enough name
3: probably not nationally. not really but like still yeah i, I think something like that they, they need more color uh, uh, clearly what tnt is trying to do as i like stumble the words out they're they're building legitimacy for the, the brand that they're building sure. and, and bringing in Wayne Gretzky like if, if that's the best one you can get in terms of name recognition so it's it's not a bad move it's just I don't think it's going to play out well from an entertainment standpoint I hope I'm I'm dead wrong
2: yeah without a doubt but I'm with you on that that makes sense so that was my last
3: one for the social segment.
2: All right, so let's get a couple plugs in here before we go. So wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe, give a rating, and review. That really helps us out a lot, and we appreciate the love and support from each and every one of you. You could also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Isles. For $5 a month, you get post-game shows. You get video of me and Mitch doing podcasts. You get a mailbag show. You get uh, more video from Mitch. There's a whole lot going on over there. There's a ton of stuff. There's always
3: something going on on the Patreon.
2: Absolutely. Social media, Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. You can download the fan-sided app and find us there or visit the website com for all your New York Islanders needs. Episode number 197 in the books. Mitch, hopefully we are happy campers next week.
3: Let's go. I'm so jealous
2: of you. <laughs> That'll do it for us on this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time.
1: SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply.